0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about the UFC 279 card going down this weekend. Hamza Chemaia versus Nate Diaz in a non-title main event. And it's a pretty weak card overall, but we'll still be bringing you guys uh, that good analysis and trying to find some good, valuable bets to be made on the card. And I'm joined by my co-host, as always, this week. Uh, Ozzy, how are we doing this week, my man?
1: Oh yeah, you know, off a uh, nice <clears throat> Labor Day weekend. Hope everyone had a had a good holiday. And uh, we're we're gonna get right into the uh, the meat of the uh, sports, you know, uh, universe, right? NFL starting this week. College football has been been good. Um, I've been playing a lot, some tennis, baseball. Um, and now we got this UFC card. Um, obviously, you know, like the said, like you said, the main event, you know, and kind of how the card got filled in under it. Could leave some to be desired. Not a lot of meat on the bone for me, uh looking at it uh from like an investment point of view, point of view. But always good to go through the card, you know, maybe, you know, talk talk it out and uh and we see if we could uh you know drum up any value uh you know along the way. While uh, also picking the card, obviously.
0: Yeah, it's just I mean from a pay-per-view, just really weak card here i mean 2022 ferguson in the co-main event you know nate diaz i mean this is just a pretty terrible pay-per-view card uh you guys are suckers if you're spending 75 bucks on this shit and uh we last also week was great to- that the,
1: the the paris card was great i mean the yeah, crowd obviously loved it that was a great that was a great event
0: it delivered well yeah they didn't i, don't, I think they could have did a little better job like stacking the card um you know obviously some things fell through with fear and uh cedric dubai but uh, you know, it's still delivered. It definitely, was a good card. Um, and but we just had a pay per view. I mean, the, it was two events ago. It Was a pay per view. Now we get another one. It's too soon. But uh, enough uh, complaining about that. Um, just a quick recap of last week. I profited 0.93 units on track bets, uh, which does make it 10 tracked events in a row of winning bets on bet MMA. Um, still lost in the card. Uh, I, I I did really bad on live bets last week. Um, so. Um, how about you, Ozzy?
1: Pretty good for me. Um, you know, I went basically uh two and uh two and two on straight you know track picks. Um, so 3.3 uh 3.13 units up. Unfortunately, Figlack was one of my bigger plays and he did go down in embarrassing fashion, and not look you know very good there. But um yeah, they really did not see um the offensive wrestling coming from uh, ZM. Obviously, he you know outstruck him too. But I just did, thought that uh Figlek would be able to get on his hips easier. You know, he did get a takedown in like round three when he finally did go for a double leg. But bad bet overall there. Um Nathaniel Wood was a bet, uh, biggest winner for me. Um went head to head against you on that one. Easy winner by decision as well. Plus two seventy over in the uh, in the Gomez fight. Um. You know the we missed the over and the ghost of distance on the uh on the hopala fight by like you know 80 seconds, you know, give or take. I know that was a big loser for you, and uh, and then I had Imava by submission, and then uh, you know, a parlay there of Magomedov and uh, and and, and Imava. So it was pretty good, pretty solid. I've been doing pretty, pretty well, um, overall, both personally on the track side. Uh, they lose a uh, contender series pick, but uh, but yeah, I'm pretty confident. I'm gonna finish these last four months, uh, very very strong. A lot of a lot of sides that that we were actually talking about right before we uh we started here. So, you know, good event. On to the next one.
0: Yeah, I mean next week's card, the seventeenth. I mean it's a fight night, but it's infinitely better than this pay per view. So we'll come uh, next week with some some strong opinions. I did lose a
1: I did lose a bet on that one. I had Sadiq Yusuf over. Over Giga, and that you know, the, as a, as a player, I, I had it gone in, and you know, that fight is yeah. now canceled. That's a
0: big so hit, it is a big hit to it. the card. Um, all right, enough yeah. said about that. Uh, let's get into the first fight this week. Uh, Welterate Division Darien Weeks taking on Lo- Johan Lionese. The odds for this one have Weeks <clears throat> minus 125, Lionese plus 105. So uh, I think it should be a, a striking fight here, a welterweight, you know, definitely on the lower level side of things. And I just think Lionese should probably be the favorite here based on he is a fast starter. He does tend to drop people in round one. And, you know, the guy's got some decent power. I think that Gabe Green is a better striker than Darian Weeks. And, you know, Lionese was able to win round one and drop him in round two. And just the, the size and power was uh, difficult for um, Green to deal with there. Eventually, he did rally back and finish that fight because Lionese does tend to slow down at that seven and a half minute mark. Maybe we see an improvement in cardio here, but I just feel he's going to come out aggressive. He's probably going to be landing some big shots early. Maybe Weeks is able to rally and pull away. I definitely favor him if it gets in the second half of the fight i just think you're both looking to live bet Darian weeks here if you like him and uh you know not really seeing any props i like here either so um no strong convictions from me here what are you thinking here ozzy uh
1: i've been this on the prelims i have been thinking about this fight more than than a few others and you know, I, I was a, a little bit of a fan of Darian Weeks, you know, before his UFC career, but in his, you know, two fights, obviously the, the competition has, has been pretty solid, um, but he just hasn't been able to showcase his kind of skills uh, too much at all, um, you know, kind of did not press, you know, not in the uh, Gary fight especially. So I don't know if he's going to really be able to bring out like uh, his, what perceived, what is perceived cardio advantage over uh johan is um and while johan is fresh you know he's pretty competitive i think with a a decent chunk of people obviously he he's he's a little bit taller here uh has a little bit more reach and and does have some power in his hands if i'm pushed to pick just because you know weeks he hasn't even really been to third round much at all himself you know so even if i want to not knock johan's cardio in fights that maybe are a little bit more back and forth he's had you know multiple of those fights and you know weeks only really had that um that barbarina fight that it was like a real back and forth one um you know in his mma career so he's not well versed in like a a long fight per se so i mean at the plus money i do think there is maybe a little bit of value just because johan i think he is also decently like well-rounded in terms of if weeks is not like chasing takedowns uh too much i do think johan can like get the clinch turn him, move him around wear on him but weeks is a 93 kid, so i'm super conflicted on this one but i think i am gonna go inside picking uh johan at plus at the site plus number plus 110 i think you could get right uh to, to win this fight
0: he's a cffc guy too which means a lot so um fight uh, women's strawweight division another CFFC vet taking on a Combate vet Melissa Martinez making a UFC debut taking on Elise Reed odds for this one -173 for Martinez +148 here uh for Elise Reed uh what are your thoughts on the first women's fight of the card?
1: I well, you know shit about Melissa Martinez. I, I didn't look at, into her all that much. I lo- I saw one fighter like her last fight against uh Desiree I kind of went through that a little bit I mean it was like super close like I mean she's not that impressive to me in any of her fights to look like a UFC cat. but the thing is like Elise Reed she's not UFC caliber she's not well rounded but if they're just in the kickbox with each other you know. Like, I don't think that Melissa really has the power to to put out Elise Reed. So like it's maybe gonna go to decision and, you know, Elise Reed did, you know, claw back those rounds against uh Corey McKenna in okay fashion where, you know, she she had to just pump out volume and, you know, you know, uh, go forward. So I'm gonna just pick Elise Reed, even though this girl, Marsha's gonna tell you how she uh she's been off, you know, out of the you know I mean, she hasn't fought since before the pandemic, bro. So, like, I can't pick her, you know, to win. But I think maybe a little bit of hype behind her. But I'll pick at least Reed to beat her. But Who knows?
0: Yeah, I would say Reed is definitely the value side here. Just because she's more active and, you know, we know what we're going to get from her a little bit more. And it's a a striking fight. You know, Martinez uh, is not an offensive grappler. We saw Reed get destroyed in the offensive grappling uh, versus Sam Hughes in her last fight. Um, so it's a good thing for her that this opponent isn't going to be shooting takedowns. But uh, Martinez seems like an okay boxer. It's pretty hard to determine who's going to win the striking here. Um, and with Martinez coming off that, you know, over two and a half, two and a half year layoff, she probably is going to be improved. Um, and she looked really bad on tape to me, though. So she's going to have to improve a, a massive amount to warrant price. And I just think betting her as a favorite uh, off this long layoff, and with her her competition and the fact that she lost her last fight too, if you watch that fight, there's that's just out of the question at Leju. So it's read or Pass. Um, the only reason I'm not fully in on Reed is that layoff from Martinez. I think you know she could randomly get a lot better and uh, you know have us looking like fools for uh, for picking the value side as we say on Elise Reed. But enough about that one. Bantamweight division next. Haley Alatang taking on Chen and Heiliger. Uh, the Tang is minus 165 for your Chad plus 145. So we got China versus Canada here. Um, I like Alatang here, man. I think that uh, this is a good matchup for him. You know, Chad just doesn't impress me at all. He was going toe to toe with uh, Jesse Strader in his last fight, it was 1-1 heading into round three and was actually losing round three before kind of pulling off a, a comeback knockout there. And uh, Alatang is just insanely durable. He's a, a a pretty decent. He's got some power in his hands. A decent wrestler too, although he hasn't been using it m- very much lately. And he's training at fight ready. Uh And I think he's going to be probably constantly improving. You know, we see uh Alichi Lang constantly improving down there. And he's got some good uh, other bodies to be training with. So I think this is a good matchup for Alan Tang. Um, I missed the best price on him when he got to, like, minus 150. But I'm still thinking about playing him here. I think anything under minus 200
1: is good for Tang here. Yeah, so I mean, Alatang, he's—I don't know how many times I bet him, but I definitely liked him against Kevin Kroom or instead of Kevin Kroom. Um, he put his lights out pretty easily. He was coming forward. I liked how he was a little bit just more aggressive there, looking to do damage, put himself in positions to do damage as uh as Kevin Kroom was trying to throw out his uh, junk-ass volume. And he caught him, and he caught him often. He caught him square, and he you know he showed some of his power. And you know if he's not tired when he's not tired. You know, he is kind of dangerous, but the problem with him is when he gets tired, like he just does not fight through fatigue well. Um, you know, Chad I think has good cardio, so, you know, I do think that he would he is going to be able to uh to stay in there. He's pretty this is a pretty tough guy. Chad, he just I think he's from like the cold part of uh of Canada as well, which uh I don't know what part in particular cuz it's all cold they tell me. But they, someone told me, like a Canadian told me, where Chad is from is the cold part. So I just believe him from what he for what he tells me. Um, so this guy's tough, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna be betting this over, and this goes a distance because Alateng did hurt Kevin Croom, um, but Kevin Croom's got no defense. He's like down there at 120, at 135 when he should, you know, be 10 pounds heavier for sure. You know, first time cutting that weight, um. You know just goes in with his chin and uh that's mad funny <laughs> and uh and yeah that's that's a sign that we should move on from this fight <laughs> distance. and uh and and i i i'll advocate for the for the chad side a little bit but in the end i do think that the wrestling and just a little bit more tactical approach from alatang probably uh wins the fight um yeah and no- could look a lot like his contender fight, actually.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say this guy, like he does consistently come on late. Um, he lost early versus Gafrov. Yeah, um
1: game.
0: two round three finishes before coming to the UFC and he did kind of uh uh pull away versus Gafrov and straighter too. So uh maybe look to it's maybe tough. look to live bet this guy. Like if Alatang starts strong and wins round one and this guy's like plus two fifty, three hundred, uh he's probably gonna be a good bet in the live lines.
1: Man, Alatang was so tired, bro, he got a point deducted. From himself again. Oh, that was such Lopez. a sick
0: beat. That was a bad beat right there.
1: That was terrible, but it, it, that was because he was tired. It wasn't like, you know, he just he was he didn't want to get taken down again. He was like grabbing on the fence. So,
0: um, next fight, women's one forty five. Norma Dumont, Danielle Wolf. Uh, the odds for this one: Dumont minus four twenty five, Wolf plus twenty five. Uh, Ozzy, I know you're dying to talk about this one. Let's hear it
1: this is the worst women's fight they've put together this year um it's at 145 right yeah right? yeah so i mean you know norma they want norma to be a thing you know they want norma to be you know a bad a bad b but you know she's fucking not fucking it up losing to me e. Chia San, and fucking missing weight every other time so they're like all right norma like we're just gonna give you like this random fight danielle wolf you know, I faded her in her contender series fight, and I thought I won, and I like I didn't go back to watch it again just cause I don't give a shit about this fight. But I mean, D- Danielle Wolf is not that great. Like she's kind of just like an IG model status, in my opinion. That's like the tier where where she's really at. Um, you know, she trains down in California. She, the reason she had to pull out of her Felice, uh, Spencer fight was she got like armbarred by Jen, Jen Bishop, another MMA fighter at like a pro practice. And she like threw a hissy fit and all this stuff. And, you know, I, I, apparently people don't like her that much. So I don't know. She seems kind of crazy to me. I would, you know, I'm not taking that dog shot, but I mean, you could be like, oh, you know, big, big girl. Maybe she could like, you know, put some hands on normal, but it's not the kind of fight that I excel at. I pass. But I think that Norma, I think she could, if she gets this girl on the ground, I think that she will maybe not finish her, but she will have a sequence where, like, with the ground and pound, like, where you're going to think that she's going to be getting to finish. Like, I, I, I think that she could fuck it up, but 225 ITD doesn't look, looks kind of attractive to me. If I could mm. get, like, maybe a little more she's only she
0: has only won by finish two times and not since 2017 other
1: girl this girl this girl's a white belt on jujitsu that
0: is true but um yeah i mean it's that's that's
1: what i'm saying like i don't know if normal will pull it off this girl's definitely a white belt the only way the
0: only way that she remotely Or is this prices with takeds obviously, and I feel like the market is just pricing her like she's a reliable takedown threat. Like Norma Dumont doesn't really shoot that many takedowns. Like the other,
1: the other thing I'll tell you is the other thing I tell you is the reason I look at ITD is just just be realistic. Like Norma, she needs this money. So these performance bonuses, fifty k for her, that's like you know that's like three times her pay, and I know she needs the money. So. She could if she could finish this girl, she she's gonna try. Trust me.
0: I don't think she's gonna. I actually think you know the over might be value here. It's my you,
1: but know, you my think opinion. she's just in a jab, but this 15 minutes, this big ass bitch looking across from you. If she could take her down and go for a finish, she's gonna try. So but uh be, but when has I'm gonna Dumont, be on the I'm gonna be on the iTD number. When has uh,
0: Dumont like top game like ever looked like good? Like has she, you know? This girl's a white belt. Maybe bro. versus Ashley evans Smith or some shit, but it's just Norma doesn't do things and doesn't do things the other enough. Other girl, she's fought. She's
1: fought the other girl. She's fought. Like I mean, this girl's a white belt, so I'm just saying, Don't yeah. be surprised.
0: She presses. Well, yeah, I mean, she's minus four twenty five. I'm not endorsing her there. I think you know maybe sub at four four to one because bro, if this bitch Wolf is getting hit with shots on the ground, she's giving up that sub right away. Like when she's I'm... not gonna she's not gonna take shots and so i don't know i, I don't disagree with the, the the 225 stab that's probably one of the more interesting ways to play the fight because there's no other angles so next fight heavyweight division Jake collier chris barnett uh collier minus 425 here barnett 325 so i laid the juice on jake collier here i mean collier is actually like a a good fighter. You know, he's he's definitely obese and probably shouldn't be fighting at a uh, heavyweight, but the guy has a really good foundation of skills, good striker, good grappler, and Chris Barnett is neither. This guy um doesn't really go into an MMA fight with any sort of game plan. I don't think he really knows how to maximize his chances to win. He kind of just goes out there and fights and hopes for the best to happen, like a, a spinning back kick, uh, miracle knockout. But um, you know, Budai you know, he, he just pushed Barnett against the Caves the entire time. And then we saw Budag kind of look like shit in his last fight. And it just makes that Barnett fight look even worse. So uh, it's a steep price, minus 310. Um, But I, I did go ahead and lay the juice there. I really think he should be minus 600 here. So even at 390, he's a parlay piece of material. I'll take, uh, I'll take Collier all day here
1: yeah i mean Jake collier's gonna win i don't know I, I i think maybe uh he should finish barnett but maybe maybe he won't i don't know god knows but yeah i'll take jake <laughs> take jake to uh to finish chris barnett i'll yeah. put that in my that's gonna be a part of my my parlay along with norma itd like,
0: I'm like for collier, the
1: bills collier like just easily
0: destroyed sherman on the ground like when he chose to like grapple he's oh i'll just take you down and Renick could choke you. I think he finished him quicker than Romano did, right? Two twenty six. Alier's,
1: oh, Alier's oh, going yeah. for that bread, bro. Itd, that's a lock.
0: Oh no, no, Romano finished him fifteen seconds earlier. Damn. Um, next fight, uh, middleweight division, uh, Dennis Talulian taking on Jamie Pickett. Uh, Pickett's the favorite. Uh, I bet you guys didn't ever think you would hear that. Jamie Pickett is the favorite in UFC fight, minus one thirty five. Dennis Talulian plus one fifteen. Um. What are your thoughts here, Ozzy?
1: This is a really bad fight. Um, I'm really pissed off that this is like a fight that I actually have to like talk about. You look into it. Like, I mean, Jamie Pickett, basically, he's been around as long as this podcast has been around, I believe. I don't know. But I just feel like I've definitely talked about all of Jamie Pickett's fights. And when I think about that shit, it's just wild to me. Isn't it wild to you? Like, don't you ever think about it? Like you ever think yeah, John Annick is like, he like zooms out. He's like, wow, I've called all of this guy's fights. He went from, you know, uh, debutant to the champion to out of the fucking fight game. And you're like, wow, I really like, like look, talked about all of Jamie Pickett's fights. Like, this is this is insane. Um, but, yeah, he's fighting Dennis. Like, Dennis, I think he's another guy that I was saying. I need to confirm this. Let me look. I think he trains in that Germany gym where Albus trains at um and uh uh, he trained somewhere else i I think i remember he trained somewhere else where does he train do you know in america oh he's in america fuck oh he's at. oh he's he's at. he's at extreme i think fuck damn i hate it when i get it yeah he is
0: because he he spars with strickland yeah
1: get these i get these uh germans and the russians mix up um but hold on he said evolve gym either way bro I think Dennis. Yeah, Dennis has some skills. I don't like jamie Pickett. I think jamie Pickett is kind of not that he's a poser. He just he doesn't know how to win rounds or win fights like cleanly very much. So you know, I'm gonna pick Dennis just because I think Dennis. Like he's gonna come in decent shape. He has skills everywhere. You know, he'll he'll exchange. You know, he his durability his durability looks uh solid. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna just go with Dennis. He's a little plus money here. Martian convinced me a little bit. I'm gonna give him credit. I was Let's not go. initially gonna do it, and and yeah, we'll roll with uh with Dennis. You know, maybe probably by um. You think he could? Fin- I'll let you. You tell me if you think what what is more likely, the uh decision or uh, finish? I think finish. Um.
0: But uh, yeah. So I get the credit now. But if he loses, I might the the, the script might flip on that. I I feel um, but. Uh, yeah, so initially I was thinking, oh, Tullo looks so bad in his last fight. There's no way I'm betting this guy. But then I was reminded he came in on really short notice. There, uh, you could see it. Just he looked fat and slow, and then he was fighting Kizriev, who was like minus a thousand, and the guy's, you know, I think a decent fighter. So it was just a tough matchup. It was short notice. I think the market is like perceiving this guy all based on that fight. But I think that the, you know, the conditions of that fight were a little unfair. So. I think he's going to be underrated going forward, especially in this spot. And like you were saying, Pickett just doesn't really know how to uh, optimize his chances to win. He doesn't throw a lot of strikes consistently. Um, and I just think Tallulah is actually, you know, not a bad pocket boxer. I think on the feet, it's just going to be competitive exchanges. And I think, you know, Tallulah actually has a good chance at outboxing and hurting Pickett here on the feet. Um, I think that if it goes into the second half of the fight, I think I probably would favor Pickett just because he has kind of grinded out a few decision wins lately against you know awful competition, Joseph Holmes and uh, uh, Steropoli. But he has UFC decision wins, which you know is worth a good amount. So I think uh, Tullulan here is a good bet pre-fight. You know, if he if he has early success and he's not getting him out of there, I am worried about him slowing down. But I just don't think he should be. Uh, the underdog here against Jamie Pickett, uh, but uh, no, neither guy should really be like a favorite. You shouldn't be betting either guy as a favorite in this fight. It's, it's a dog or pass uh, type of fight, and that's gonna be enough about that one. Takes us to the last fight on the prelims, and a catchweight fight, two hundred and twenty pound catchweight. Jalton Almeida taking on Anton Turkali, or however you say this guy's name, um and uh, I'll, I'll call him anton uh almeida minus 800 anton plus 500 so we just saw anton win a fight on contender series in pretty underwhelming fashion uh and you know he's a grappler he's a decent grappler i think he will win ufc fights just because he is just kind of a grinding uh heavy grappler uh, but he's not going to win this fight because uh Jonathan just does everything better than uh, than anton you know every aspect of the fight so is probably gonna destroy this guy. I don't really know how he's gonna finish, whether it's gonna be a TKO or a sub. At the price, I'd I'd probably say I lean TKO just because uh Anton is a grappler himself. He's probably not gonna get submitted easily. And he might just cover up for like a TKO. So uh I'll mean TKO at three to one's not terrible. Any thoughts here? Any angles to bet the fight, Ozzy?
1: My bad, Alon. Uh Yeah, I thought you were going to go a little longer. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I didn't think we were, I'd see this Anton guy back so quickly. Um, I mean, if you look at his contender series fight, like he kind of gets hit pretty cleanly by that other Brazilian guy that he fought. Um, chin just wide up in the air. Um, some of the hooks that they're exchanging are very, um, very dangerous for, like, you know just to be throwing willy-nilly and multiple times around so his his like pocket uh boxing and you know coming in and out is not good um and i do think Jalton he can throw some solid punches on the feet i do think he could pursue as well at like an even a even keel pace like i think he could pressure and you know he'll be comfortable on the feet so i do agree i kind of like that ko price actually just after seeing how susceptible the guy is on the feet because I could see something where, like, you know, Jalton, just like how, not like how Khabib takes people down, but like how, like, sometimes you're just like riding the guy and you're just punching him, punching him. And then he's kind of like getting up, and, you know, maybe you can't just like flatten him out um, in back mount and stuff like that. To, But even then, right? That's a TK. That could be a TKO. But I, I just don't necessarily think this guy's giving up his neck that easily. Like, I think he would be more the type to just cover up if he gets flattened out. As opposed to like how Conor McGregor, right? Like how he uh he gives up the choke or like a similar thing to that. So yeah, I like that KO price. Um, and I think the under is gonna hit here. Um, just because I made a like I said, man, I think all these guys are you know they know it's a DS pay per view. You know, I I just think the energy here there is gonna be get finishes. Like you know th- this Anton guy short notice, so he knows like he he's gotta be crazy to not know this is like a tough fight. So. I just don't project this fight that often going to a decision. So, you know, Anton maybe could he catch him? I guess maybe with something, but I I don't really think so. I think that uh Almeida would have to like show that like Hadolfo versus a uh, fluffy kind of gas tank here. Um I suppose it could happen, but you know, I like the under and I like uh Almeida KO.
0: Yeah, I think the unders hitting as well. Um actually, this is the last fight in the prelims now. Featherweight division, Hakeem Dawadu taking on Julian Erosa. Sick matchup here. Dawadu minus minus two twenty, Erosa plus one eighty five. Uh, so we got Mean Hakeem versus Juicy J. Who you got here, Ozzy?
1: Yeah, you know, I, Julian's the guy that I like to look towards um, as like a fighter that I handicap pretty well. You know, he he's pretty well rounded, has good cardio, pushes a pace. Like you know, um, not saying he's like a great round winner, but he's always throwing out volume. Uh, doing good things uh and uh and he has like that underrated grappling game as well um here i think is a tough fight for him obviously you know i think it's a good fight though as well at the same time just because like i think i know he's like very motivated for it um it's like a fight that could get him into the top 15 realistically right and it's not like a insurmountable obstacle so like for a guy like a veteran guy like this like I think Julian is gonna end up being. He's gonna come into. I don't know how old is Arosa. I don't know how old he is, but he's gonna thirty three. Thirty three. I think he's going to like fight into his late like, thirties, and he's gonna kind of like take the mantle of some of these like action, like you know, like an action fighter, like you know, like not like Joe Lozon, but I don't, I don't know who's the best guys to describe, but just dudes that are you know, you always want to see him fight no matter what. Um, and to this me. is like like a Tim Means, whatever, like, yeah, a guy like that, but he, this is like his one fight where he could actually get into the rankings, and I do think, like, I mean, there's some opportunities here, like, you know, a guy like Trezano that, um, you know, he uh, Hakeem just fought, I think you see that, people see that, and they think, like, he's a cleaner striker than Julian, so, you know, uh, Julian doesn't have too much of a chance, but I think that Julian's just more talented in mixing it up. You know, with the gra- like the grappling in, he's got better cardio. I think he's got a more of a apt aptitude to push, you know, and just kind of leave it all out there. Um, but his shin is you know kind of a little sketchy here. Um, I actually like the under here when it was like at close to like plus one forty plus one fifty. I think I might still play it, but um, but I do kind of like Julian a little bit here to potentially do something. so that's why I like the under, like I just think that Julian's in a force you know uh action here um and i i think that he's live so i think i might have a, a a small bet on him here just thinking that he can maybe uh mix up uh mix it up in the entries a little bit and uh and then you know maybe potentially go for some grappling uh, a little earlier than uh Trezano did but not a big not not a lot of conviction for me i like the under
0: yeah, I love Juicy J, but I do think this is a, a tough matchup for him, just because I think a Arosa really thrives in like chaotic fights where you can push a pace. He definitely does mix it up better, like Ozzy was saying, he transitions from the clinch to the grappling a lot better and he's probably honestly just more aggressive than Dawadu. Dawadu is a bit risk adverse. It seems like he's often fighting to go to the decision. While Arosa is kind of the opposite, he's you know, very uh he's not risk adverse and he's always looking to finish the fight. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. It's a really good matchmaking by the UFC. uh, But I just think Dawood is going to be a little bit too clean for him. Uh, The jab of Dawood, I think, is going to be a problem. Uh, The leg kicks could uh, limit the mobility of Erosa. Uh, But, you know, you can never count out Erosa to pull off an upset. Uh, And this guy is a historically really good underdog. So... Uh, I definitely cannot be laying the juice on Dow, especially past two to one, maybe under two to one would be a conversation, but past two to one, I, I don't think there's any value there. And looking at the prop side of things, I'm not really seeing uh, much either. Maybe the Erosa ITD at four, four to one. I think it w- will be a little difficult for him to win addition here. So uh, maybe. Um, uh, and so you also always have to be worried about Erosa's chin. Sometimes the guy's chin, you know, dies out early. But like, if he can make it past like the first few hard shots that his opponents land, his chin, uh, you know, does pretty good late in the fight. So, uh, maybe look to live better Rosa here. You know, you can avoid him possibly getting knocked out on round one, and then uh, he tends to build really well as the fight goes on too. So, I'm wishing uh Juicy J the best, but I have to pick against him here. And that's going to move us along to the main card. First fight in the main card, late heavyweight division, Johnny Walker versus Eon Kudaleba. We have uh, Eon minus 220, Walker plus 185. So, you know, obviously going to be a chaotic fight here. Uh, Seems, you know, destined to end uh, in some sort of round one finish. kudalaba is going to be trying to wrestle here he's going to be you know pushing the pace trying to get walker down walker is a terrible wrestler terrible defensive grappler and you know kudalaba is going to take him down Um, but it's just a matter of what happens after that Uh, walker in round one he does have like some explosive get ups he probably is going to get up from the first few takedowns and he's going to be i feel like probably landing some some Travis Brown style elbows he's going to be landing some some shots that make uh, Eon uncomfortable and i just think that Eon's not going to cover this price without like a few really sweaty moments where he gets wobbled or hurt or looks like he's you know doing the Ryan Span where he's kind of like sniffing the canvas as he eats punches to the back of the head so i just think something chaotic is going to happen here and it's not really a fight you can bet on with much confidence i think the under probably does hit um and i i lean kudalaba with like a round 2 tko after walker's get ups kind of uh slow down a little bit and he starts getting stuck on bottom is going to start unleashing that nasty ground of pound he's probably going get, to gonna get him out of there but i think the under could be sweaty or here uh because if it gets past round 1 i think the pace will slow pretty heavily and walker concedes defeat big time man he's a guy who like goes for it uh once he's losing he's just gonna lay on his back and try not to get finished if that happens. So you might be better off betting the fight doesn't start uh round two instead of the under. But um any thoughts here?
1: Yeah man I hate this fight. This fight's stupid. I mean the odds are dumb as well just cause like his chin just I don't know what's wrong with him. Uh I or I think I think that it's a little softer now than people give it credit for. Um you know I could definitely see like him having like a single leg on Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker just throwing punches at his head, you know, rocks him and just something dumb happens. So I don't really want to set myself up for a disappointment. I mean, Kudalaba let me down last time big time. And I'm just not necessarily sure if he's gonna be in there to to take so many shots and, and get Walker down cleanly as often as he needs to. There's a big reach discrepancy here, uh, with um Kudalaba on top of that not having that many like kind of like range uh tools either so I think he's gonna have to cover distance on multiple occasions and Johnny Walker is always alive to knock you out so I mean this is getting up there where a shot on Johnny Walker is not that bad just with his all like always his baseline of being able to just you know knock someone out um I do think that he changed up his training camp again before this fight but I just hate this fight. So I mean at, at this line though, I Duffy would take Johnny Walker way before I would uh take uh Kudalaba.
0: Yeah, like Walker's floor for like a knockout round one has to be like 20% here. Like he's always gonna be live for that. So um Kudalaba is a 93 guy though, so that's interesting to think about. Uh next fight, women's bantamweight division, Irina Aldana, Macy Chiasan, Aldana favorite here at minus 170 chiasen plus 145 so initial initially people bet Aldana to pass 200 and then fight week steady action coming in on chiasen very popular bet made here uh last women's fight of the card any thoughts on this one
1: yes this is one i've thought about uh, uh, quite a bit i saw that initial opener on Aldana. obviously you know i don't really bet openers you know all that much uh so that one Went away, but it's coming back here a little bit. Um, and you know, I was looking at the you know, Chia San's last fight against um, what's her name? Uh, Norma Dumont. talked about her, Norma Dumont. Um, you know, I know that some people liked Mace, Macy there. She definitely put on a good performance there, used the clinch, used the wrestling, um, was throwing you know, some some okay combination. She just looked a lot different. She she actually reminded me, you know, of like some. I don't know some different, some like male like more uh, like a male style like a maybe like a one seventy pounder like with her striking and some of the stuff she was doing but it wasn't enough of that stuff I feel like the volume side wasn't great she, that's why she had to go to the grappling you know on a bunch of occasions uh, you know she did get a few good takedowns there she did use a few good controls but that was also at one forty five um, so I, I like arena arena here style matchup you know wise um with the boxing with the volume with the being able to kind of like fight in the clinch and you know has the experience in the five rounds you know getting uh, held up against against the fence and kickboxed by um holly Holm, and uh and yeah but the one thing that is a little troubling to me is i'm a big proponent martian of karma like i i i I believe in karma for sure and arena Aldana was the last woman was the woman who fought Yana while she was pregnant and laid a fucking beatdown on her? So <laughs> that and Miss Weight for that. So she beat Yana up with like that advantage of of the weight miss. So there has to be some karma there involved. Um, you know, we we could be on the wrong end of it here on this occasion, but otherwise, I do like um arena Aldana to pick up this win. But I'm gonna keep observing this line because Macy did do a few things in that last fight that I thought showed uh, improvements in the right areas. That's very important to say in the right area, in the areas that uh, would control a fight or you know are able to get, give you more advantages. So, yeah.
0: Fascinating analysis. I actually do
1: not believe yes. in karma. Um, you do not. You do not. No. Nope. Wow. Nope. Um you believe in anything? Is there is there something? Can you give us a tidbit of if you don't believe in that or why not or?
0: Um, no, but I also don't experience? believe in saying I don't believe in saying bless you after people sneeze. I think that's a weird thing oh, too. Um, but if we we so she had the baby April twenty fifth. Okay, Let's do some no, subtraction. Nine months off is what? Uh,
1: just add three, Martian. So May to do June
0: it. July. Yeah, so she probably can conceived the baby in late july and she got uh <laughs> out in early july so the time frame is close there um but um yeah so i mean Chasson did look better in her last fight a uh, great me- point by you mentioning that it was at 145 and the last time she made 135 guys was back uh in march 2021 against marion rennell uh she fought pennington on short notice she actually missed weight at 145 there uh so i think this cut is going to be difficult for her man i think that she's going to lose some of those attributes she had at 145 and i actually think this is a pretty solid match for Aldana here i mean she's i think the way Aldana loses is getting you know cage pushed and it may be taken down a few times here uh but you know chaston's top game is no good and i think that at range uh Chasson's going to have a hard time getting her against the fence because Aldana is going to be popping her in the face with the punches. Also a big cage here, guys. So you got to remember that that's going to be more difficult, even so for, uh, for Chiasen to get her with the back against the cage. And I think honestly, Aldana has potential to cover here. You never want to be laying juice on women's MMA, but I, I do think Aldana under two to one is a uh, value here. Um, and honestly, uh, Probably up to like minus two twenty five. Uh, might be value on Aldana. So I think that early that that late or excuse me, the uh, initial money coming in on Aldana in the first few weeks this line was open was sharp. And I'm uh, not really sure who's who's coming in on the chest side here, but. Um, you know, maybe look to live at Aldana here as well because Chassid does typically start in round one and with that weight cut she might slow down in these later rounds. So adding to Aldana live seems like a good strategy. Who's the pick?
1: Who's the pick?
0: Aldana. Decision.
1: Okay. Got
0: it. For sure. Um next fight. Another catchweight fight here, 180 pound catchweight fight. I believe Daniel Rodriguez requested that catchweight. Kevin Holland taking on D. Rod. We have Kevin Holland as the favorite, minus 190. Daniel Rodriguez plus 165. I'm kind of a, a skeptic. i not going to go as far as to call myself a hater of Kevin Holland, but I'm a skeptic oh, of the whoa. guy.
1: Oh, uh, so- sorry. Finish. Go ahead. Finish.
0: <laughs> um. So, I, I like D Rod though. You know, he's, uh, I like any, I like any Southpaw boxers. And, um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to believe that D Rod was going to win the fight. But, you know, I, you know, talking to some other people this week, just rewatching some fights, I do see how Holland is going to be a tough matchup. And, uh, the, the best, the best, uh, reason for, uh, Back in Holland here, I think, is just going to be the speed advantage. Uh, Down at 170, I think he is going to be a lot faster. Rodriguez is kind of old, too. He's, I think he's like 35. Uh, Yeah, 35 also was coming off some injuries, hasn't fought in like a year. Uh, Kevin Holland is looking solid at that 170-pound weight class, uh, even though this is at 180, but uh, you know, we haven't seen Kevin Holland tested in the second half of the fight at uh, this new weight class. I mean, I guess it's not even a new weight class with 180, but um you know holland is going to be uh the the one with all the grappling upside here daniel rodriguez does not wrestle offensively i don't think he's going to have much grappling upside at all that's where kevin holland struggles with the majority of his opponents and i think the speed the size for kevin holland he's going to be a few inches taller several inches longer uh and he has just way better mobility the mobility with his legs he moves a lot better and I think Daniel Rodriguez is a little bit, you know, heavy on his, uh, his lead legs. He doesn't really move too well. And he's just kind of a stationary, uh, South Paul boxer. And people have been pointing out when Jesse Ronson used a lot of move or not Jesse Ronson, uh, fucking Nicholas Dalby, uh, used a lot of movement to stay on the outside and to kind of just limit pocket exchanges. He was actually able to make that a really difficult fight for D rod and actually s- steal that split decision. So I just feel that Daniel Rodriguez doesn't have a whole lot of ways to to get this fight in the range that he wants. Unless Kevin Holland just trades in the pocket, trades in close quarters, D-Rod has as much of a chance of winning here. But uh, definitely not endorsing the laying the juice on Holland. Um, I, I think it is dog or pass, but I will have to reluctantly pick Kevin Holland to win the fight. I don't
1: know, man. I was, you know, I think early... You know, a lot of people are talking about this fight and I was kind of staying a little further away from it. I was seeing that catch weight stuff and then I was I love Daniel Rodriguez, you know, I bet on him all the time or I've bet on him multiple times. Um, he's a good fighter. He's got that nice boxing in the pocket and I'm just like the variables that I'm looking at I'm still undetermined on this fight. You know, I really do want to bet Daniel Rodriguez. I do think he's been discount being discounted here a little bit. Um, is, and I would actually, if it was 170, I, I think I would go in on for sure. Like without a doubt, because I, I think that just a guy as big as Kevin Holland, like if he's getting out of 170, like he's giving up something. Like if, if it's if it's not the durability, then it has to be maybe like some of the conditioning or the the pace. Maybe like you know being able to just go boom, you know, clinch and go from the clinch to grappling to striking to you know, it, you you lose something or the power. There's something you lose, right? Um, so, and I think we probably have the same line. But with it being at 180, I'm just not sure if, if Daniel Rodriguez between being able to defend the offense that Kevin Holland put, puts out there, being rangy and well-rounded and being able to kick and all these th- kind of things. And also, um, you know, maybe not being able to make his strikes count as much um, and his power count as much after a one-year layoff. Um, I think that Kevin Holland, I do see why Kevin Holland's a favorite here. But I do think Daniel Rodriguez has a chance in this fight. Like, the guy is himself well-rounded. He's really tough. Um, you know, he's got a good chin. I would say, you know, he did get rocked by Dwight Grant, but Dwight Grant is a big hitter. Um, and I think that this fight probably goes a distance, you know, maybe like uh, similar to that, uh, chaos Williams Randy Brown fight, you know, a fight where both guys are just really solid, you know, have pretty good, let's just say, you know, offense, but also defense and are high level um so i think i'm I'm leaning towards it to go the distance take that plus money plus 140 you could get plus 146 on FanDuel. i i think that's a that's a decent wager there uh, a good line to be on i agree i uh
0: i just think a lot of the finishing equity is probably going to be uh, on holland here um but the extra 10 pounds for d rise should be good for his durability uh really holland sub seems like the most likely i mean the the price on holland ko at two to one is is shit in my opinion i mean that's a that's a crazy price um so yeah i I agree with the gtd angle there next fight welterweight division tony ferguson making his 170 pound debut taking on the leech lee Li jing liang jing liang minus 315 tony el ferguson plus 265 any angles to bet the fight here obviously tough fight
1: to another, bad, I another fight that i don't like all that much i mean you know uh tony just got ko'd bad you know not too long ago Is coming off like before he wasn't really fighting this often um and you know now fighting a guy who you know jing liang he's just not that good overall but this guy just doesn't fucking go away he eats punches he cheats he does whatever he needs to do to win um tony you know for, for the the issue is like more recently his movement had just has just taken a hit, um, and beca- and his his uh pace. So with that, he's just getting hit way cleaner now. I think is the biggest issue. You know, I did go back and watch like the Rafael dos Anos fight, and in that fight, man, he just makes the pocket exchanges, and when he is going forward, he makes them count like way more, and he makes you pay when you look to to change the range. And, I mean, you did see a flashback to what he did against Michael Chandler. That's how he caught him. He hit him with an uppercut, like, while either Michael Chandler was trying to, like, step away a little bit. Like, you know, that, that's what I think some people thought um, it was like a slip because I think he was, like, moving away or, like, ducking away or some shit. Um, but the problem here is that Leech himself, he's, like, pretty tough. Um, he comes forward. He likes being on the front foot. You've never really seen Tony on the back foot, so you don't know, you know, what you're going to get there um i think is another variable um and jing Liang, he just does not go away so you know a tony performance has has to be a very clean one for him to win this i think because you know tony's always been the kind of guy to also flop around on the fucking ground and do stupid shit like that and guess what that's gonna go even worse for you at one you know 170 Right, you going for a stupid ass Mino. M- I don't want to disrespect Tony's fight style, bro. But you know, going for eminari role and stuff like that, like, you know, it's gonna start getting I hope maybe it changed, like maybe he's adapting his fight style. But you know what I mean. Like the guy's like liable to like pull pull a submission and stuff like that. And, you know, it's it just probably not as good of a strategy here in um in in the welterweight division. So I think he's in a I think uh Jing Liang is a pick. I mean, a lot of guys that I know, you know, they just never let Tony die. And I said this before, before his last fight. Every time Tony fights would come up, bro, people would just talk about how, like, Tony's back. Or, like, what if, like, he's, like, dialing back that clock. And, you know, they did it before the Chandler fight again. You know, people justifying, like, oh, he's not fighting, you know, Charles Oliveira or Benil Dariush um you know he's fighting michael chandler and they try to dis- discredit him right michael chandler and then he gets punted in the fucking face and we go on another week and, or another event and another tony fight and now they're t- saying oh but he's fighting jing liang like he's i agree but at the end of the day i just don't think this guy's gonna win he's not gonna fight optimally he's crazy it's he's tony ferguson though so if you want to bet tony ferguson for fun you see that big plus 260 270 price tag. I don't blame you, but it's not for me.
0: Wow. What an accurate and concise breakdown. I agree with almost everything there. Um, so, I mean, it's just that value side that gets these people with Tony Ferguson. He might have been the value side against Chandler. He did, you know, have a competitive round one, kind of dropped him, and then eventually, you know, got his head, you know, punted off, like you said. Uh, he might be the value side in this fight, but I just think he's, he's going to lose inevitably. Um, you know, I think he could possibly have a, a decent round one. He's going to be pumping out the, those different looks, you know, throwing feints, coming forward, throwing different strikes. And Jing Liang kind of does the same thing. He he throws a lot of like upper body feints and he throws inside outside leg kicks. He doesn't really come out of the, the gate throwing hard. He kind of builds into fights as they go. And uh, that, that exact same thing happened in his last fight against Salikov. Just not really doing a whole lot early. Uh, then eventually uh, landed a takedown in round two. sent some momentum. Started going for the kill. Landed a massive right hand and got the finish. Um, I guess he did start pretty fast versus uh, Ponzinibbio, though. Uh, so so I, I think this is a pretty bad matchup for Ferguson. I think, you know, the UFC wants Ferguson to lose, guys. You realize that, right? Like, they want to... The, the same thing with Ferguson and Nadia is the UFC wants to milk as much exposure out of these guys to promote other people as they can. So they've deemed Li Jingliang worthy of the, getting this exposure and, you know, taking the head off of Ferguson. And the UFC wants Ferguson to lose here. And I think further be-
1: evidence, further evidence that China has infiltrated further evidence right here. I said it before the last fight. Pay per view, uh, uh, main card ABC spot, all this, you know, all this jazz and all this nonsense, and uh, and he fights a guy in the in the in the King of Kung Fu who he's like, you know, is big in China as well. Chinese infiltration.
0: Yeah, it's undeniable at this point. Um, my angle for betting the fight: Li Jing Liang round two plus six hundred, round three plus a thousand. It's the same thing I bet in this last fight, and you know they did win. They did win. Um. So I think Ferguson, uh, at the one, at 170, uh, his chin won't be as bad. He's probably going to be able to absorb some shots. He's going to come out early and you know maybe have a decent start in round one here. But inevitably, in round two and three, I think Gene Lang is going to start upping that aggression. The punching power is going to start accumulating. And Ferguson's probably going to uh, go to sleep here in the second or third round. Hopefully, it's not too early. Um, but, yeah, I mean... This is uh this is a fight where you gotta ignore that value side on Ferguson because it's just inevitably uh not gonna win, I don't think. So um passing the money line there, just play those those late props. Uh and quick question, Ozzy, you think Tony is going to sleep here, yes or no? Uh
1: I think he will end up asleep.
0: Yeah. I believe so too. End of an era. That's gonna take us to the main event. Uh, welterweight division, Nate Diaz versus Hamzat Chimaev. Don't know what the fuck this fight is, but uh, here we are. They don't even have the fight on uh best fight odds too, so I got to go to bed online. I think Hamzat's minus twelve hundred, Nate is plus seven hundred. So, like I was just saying, the UFC um they don't like Nate Diaz. You know, the, he he's a fan favorite, but Nate uh but Dana White, the UFC, they don't actually like him. They never really wanted him to succeed. Uh, you know, Damon White was famously saying uh, that Nick moves the needle, his brother Nate doesn't. And then when it's time for a short-notice fight against Conor McGregor, they give Nate the call. He shakes up the world. and uh, But the UFC never wanted that to happen. And, you know, this guy's kind of been difficult to deal with with his contracts over the years. And the UFC is now, you know, punishing him for being difficult by giving him the most difficult matchup uh, humanly possible in Hamzat Chimaev. But it's a smart business strategy because Hamzat is, you know, well-known to to people who follow the sport, but people who casually follow the sport, you know, uh, don't really know Hamzat that well. Um, He had that great fight against Hilbert Burns, but... Uh, I just don't think Burns has that same notoriety, and that fight wasn't—it wasn't, you know, commonly perceived as much as like a Paddy, uh, Paddy the Batty fight or something like that. So, while that casual audience, they know Sean O'Malley, they know uh, Masvidal, they know um, Paddy, they don't know Hamzat yet. And the way to get that casual audience exposed to Hamzat is for him to just beat the shit out of Nate Diaz. So that's why they're beating—they're booking the fight. I think it honestly does make sense from a business perspective, even though it kind of confused me at first, and. You know, they're going to get what they wanted. Hamzat's going to beat the pulp out of this guy. Uh, Nate, you know, said in an interview today, he's not, he said, I'm not even preparing for this fight. I stopped preparing really. Oh, by the way, the line is minus 1800 plus 900. Um, you know, I'm just looking for any prop to bet the fight, but I'm not really seeing anything that really uh, impresses me. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I think that I was initially looking at starts round two, it's minus 200. So the fight, uh, uh, does Hamzat finish in round one, one out of three times? I think he, he probably can finish one out of three times. So I'm not going to be investing in that. Um, Man, I think, I guess maybe Hamzat sub at like 265 might be a decent way to play the fight. Like if Nate, I don't know, man. I don't think he's going to sub Nate. I, I, I see no bet I see value on. So I don't know. I don't know how you guys are approaching this fight, but I see no bets I see value on. What about you, Ozzy?
1: crazy fight putting together. I love Nate's interviews. Um, during the week, they've been great. They've taught me so much. I wish, I wish I could have been in the UFC, but just like fast forward, like all the hard part, like the regional stuff and like the Nate Diaz thing where he's talking about, um, the, the contract negotiations. And then he says, uh, he says, yeah, at one point we got to the point where, you know, I was like, all right, well, then me and if you guys like really want me to resign all this stuff, that me and my ten homies, we all coming in. <laughs> they all gotta get contracts. Like I wish I had a Nate Diaz, bro, in my fucking life. Yeah, but he says that, and then he's like, "Oh well, one guy, you know, this guy. Well, well, this guy, we could put him on the Ultimate Contender Series." And yeah, just the way that he says it is just so fucking funny. Um, and I totally believe him. Uh, and and that 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 happened and stuff. And I think that now the UFC's slant now is okay look we'll give you some resources for you to start a fight promotion and then we'll put it on fight pass and like we could get you more money that way now we can give you like you know we can sell sponsorships stuff like that where it's like third party kind of shit where so that's why like he's opening his like new uh fight promotion it's just if you listen to what nadia says is there's little morsels in there that i find that i personally find interesting but anyway Yeah, I mean, I hope that somehow this fight is competitive some way, somehow. But the issue for Diaz has been his later age. Um or just when he fights Conor McGregor which is uh, very often he kind of is going to hit clean and you know you saw like in the Michael Ch- Michael Johnson fight you know he's able he was able to kind of like slip a lot of punches use his distance management um, but you know th- against like a guy like Conor McGregor he's going to hit you know you know very very cleanly and his his hands are just like kind of wide you know at times um and Hamza he just he just knows how to create car crashes you know he's he's actually very similar from his fights that I've seen now, uh, in terms of the hands, like Justin Gaethje, like a, a similar style or similar approach, you know, just kind of like looking to wing these shots in, you know, you're turning your hips, you're you got your you've got that arm, you know, your arms kind of just ripping through the pocket, whipping through the pocket, you know, looking uh for a guy's chin. So I think he's gonna connect on Diaz. It's a matter of how rocked Diaz is when he goes to the ground, right? Um, or if he, you know, if he's conscious still. Um, and then him following up there. Um, but, yeah, I just think that Nate is, like, a little bit too hittable. Um, you know, hopefully he he is able to to get some respect here. But the thing is, like, Hamza just so forward forward focused. Probably he'll mix in some takedowns. You know, maybe look to tire Nate out a little bit. Um, it's an interesting fight for me, though. I mean, I think that, you know, with a guy like Chamayev, the issue with him is uh, his weight cut is just, you know, ginormous. So, you know, there's always that factor of... You know, this is, right, this is his first five-round fight. So, you know, if the fight is a little bit more competitive than people were planning, and this guy starts slowing down, you know, Nate needs to go with the pace, man. Pace is, like, is the reason that the word is, like, the word comes up a lot. Because if you can hit these buttons really, really quickly, you know, at a certain point, and the other guy can't, you know, do the kata, you know, you get chopped up, right? You know, them katas are real all fun and games, but if it was with a real sword, Yo, as be cut up, right? You right, a, a sword. Kata? you know, you don't know what a kata is, bro. Like
0: Kill Bill, Kill Bill type shit.
1: Like when you're fucking doing the dance, that shit that they're fucking, you know, when they're practicing their fucking sword swings, or just like a karate, like when the karate people do their kya kya oh, kya, okay. kya kya, these fucking yeah. kicks, just air, but it's like a dance. That's what a kata is. But you know, you some people do the kata with the swords and they're fucking cutting through eucalyptus. <laughs>
0: or just the air. The more you learn, the more you know. Wow, I learned something yeah. new today.
1: Fuck, oh, bro, you're not even. This is <laughs> catch up, bro. Come on. What's the come method?
0: On. What's the method of victory here? How how does Hamzat win?
1: Oh, I, I've been. I honestly dreamed that Hamzat Darst Diaz. caught him with a darst. So I don't. What Do is Hamza sub, Submission. Sub is decent.
0: Yeah, what I said it's two two sixty five on, Oh come 26-
1: on. 265? Yeah, oh, no, no, I can't do that. Well, that's
0: what it was on Benalon. Let's see. It's two sixty on uh FanDuel.
1: No, I need I need like a four hundred. But yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, seems-
0: I, I saw I, I cap I, it like
1: I don't think that he going he's gonna be able to renick and choke Nate. So I think it I could see a darts, though. Like a darce like, you know, he's on top, he's punching him, Nate's like hovering up a little bit, turns to his side or Something like that. The yeah. Darcy's is against very against the cage.
0: Important. Like he's, like he's, Nate's like kneeling against the cage, and he slips it yeah. in, kind of like yeah. A...
1: And as like a fuck you too. The jujitsu, you know, if if jujitsu if samba was easy, it'd be called jujitsu. Ha ha ha. You know those guys, and you know he went for it against Burns, but Burns like when it, I like Burns like went for like a single leg or a double leg, and then they're like on their knees and. Hamza shoots it, but Burns like kinda like sits to his hip and like goes to his back, so he he, like takes it away from him. But I remember that he went for it, yeah. So
0: So like do you think let me know about
1: MGM what, what that is exactly. If I could get like a nine to one, maybe we could do that.
0: Oh, and, it'll be it'll be higher than that for for Doris. And the one? I, I don't think I don't think they've been doing them lately though. Um,
1: he's not armbar like, but like if you think about yeah. it, take out like the submissions he would get him with. Like he's not armbar.
0: Not enough. no guillotine, probably. He's not guillotine
1: in him, bro. What fucking choke? So, is, like real quick though, him.
0: is like what do you think? Like <laughs> do you think Hamzat's like game plan here will be to strike, or do you think he's gonna grapple? I, th- I, I think I obviously I think he's, he's coming he's... to hit
1: him. Hit him
0: yeah lot. i think he's gonna try to strike yeah i mean that just that kind of that kind of makes me think this fight does have a chance to go to round two just because i i don't think he's going to completely melt nate and take him down and choke him out early i think he's gonna try to feel him out on the feet you know nate's going to be probably shot boating and whatnot I, I think it could could get to round two here at a more than a 66 percent rate um yeah i don't think they have they don't have that that bet ozzy the 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 um exact submissions Um, but enough about that that wraps it up card is over um pretty pretty quick analysis of this one time for our best bet parlay of the week um i have mine you have anything you're liking
1: man you know i was saying from last week i i want to go with more money lines now and i foolishly let you being confident in Charles Jordan after we talked about our ROIs on that fight on on that weight class and got me off to Charles Jordan. Best, best pathetic, pathetic, pathetic
0: performance by you.
1: you. Yeah, it's pathetic. Ill, Ill will, uh, pathetic, pathetic will displayed by me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean the <laughs> the side. If it's a money line side, man, I don't like a lot of money lines this week. I think maybe I might actually only like Johan. Johan might be my favorite money line. No bet. I don't want to give out Donna because I'm done with the fucking women's MMA uh, juice. But um I think I think I think that's gonna be it. I think I'm gonna go with Johan uh Johan. So, All right.
0: Know. Um I was debating between Tang and this other guy. I'm gonna go with the other guy because I actually haven't even bet Alatang yet. I'm going our boy Tululin. Tululin. And Lionese, I mean, that's pretty much, like, that's some low-level shit right there. But both underdogs. You said
1: that you think Tululin finishes Jamie Pickett.
0: I do. Okay. I think he cocks him out in round one.
1: Wow, cocks um, him out. Wow.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, this guy, like, he went for it against Kizriyev. So um that, that comes out to 341. You parlay Tululin plus 115. That's you
1: parlay. Wow.
0: And then, <laughs> as in bed, ba- right? Yeah. yeah. If this one uh, wins, if this one wins, guys, this will be some funny bad, shit. Um, but it's a scarce I week, like up. you were saying. And not even That's a good a week up, for goes-to-distance bets. So, you know, I'm a goes the distance over, starts-round prop kind of guy now. And uh, I don't really see any fights that I'm targeting yeah, this
1: week. I'm, I'm, te- I'm taking the Chad uh, Alatong fight going go the distance. I actually lean the Tallulah fight to go the distance as well uh personally and then i like the um the holland fight i think that would be my second best bet if i the holland fight goes a distance yeah That'd that's got my, i mean 146 i feel like people knowledge. were like hesitant to take it like you should take like that fight should probably actually for from two talented guys like that you know, there could be a guy gets dropped and something like that, but they're so good. They're veteran guys. Like they're able to work through being rocked or, you know, whatever it is. So, and I don't think either guy's been knocked out. Like did, has other guy been?
0: No. I mean, like I said,
1: Daniel got rocked by Dwight Grant, but other than that, I mean, both guys pretty solid chins. A lot
0: of, yeah, I think I'll do, I'll probably do starts around three there and the GTD. Um, But yeah, Um we got we gave you guys some good angles this week uh you know nothing we're feeling like overtly confident about but I, like i said earlier uh that card next week the 17th card is a banger and um quick little milestone here i believe according to my calculations this is the 200th ufc event in a row i've made a podcast wow. before which uh That's you cool. know sets me ahead of the pack uh might have to crunch some numbers and make sure but i'm pretty sure UFC 218 back in December of 2017 was the first podcast and every single UFC event for the past you know almost five years I had a podcast before my man Ozzy joined me you know three quarters of the way through we're about to hit our 50th episode and um yeah so thank you to everyone for listening along the way any closing thoughts here Ozzy
1: yes I changed my mind I'm going goes the distance Kevin Holland Daniel Rodriguez. Wow. On, I don't want, yeah, I can't. I would, I'm still going to bet Johan.
0: But What an audible.
1: Audible, goes the distance, more plus money, give it to me. And, and yeah, you should definitely Man. take goes the distance before, before over because it's, like, minus money and then plus money, so
0: yeah so let's see we combine we had the parlay them on fanduel 146 and plus 108 that brings us to plus 412 now so i like the i like the audible i like the audible there let's see if it pays off um and that'll do it thank you to everyone for listening and hope you all enjoy the fights this weekend win some bets and we'll see you all before the next ufc event next week peace out everybody